Hello everyone, welcome to Hometown Horrors. I'm Leanne, your host and creator. If you would like to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram at Hometown Horrors. I am on Twitter at Hometown Horrors TN. If you would like to submit a case, if you have any questions, if you just want to drop by and say hi, you can send that to Hometown Horrors TN at Gmail. All this will be in the show notes. Just you know, if you want to reach out, like I said, and say hi, if you, you want to submit a case, if you have any questions about cases that I have covered, um, I try to go back and update the cases that I've covered if there are updates. Um, but if you have any questions of, of something maybe you've seen or whatever, please don't hesitate to DM me or email me. If you would like to help support the podcast and blog, Um, I have a Patreon. You can contribute to that. There's a few different levels. Um, I think the the low level starts at $2. That gives you access to behind-the-scenes information, contests, merch, um, all kinds of different little things. You can go to my Patreon and just read about that and, and see if that's something you'd be interested in. There's also a listener support button you can use to contribute if you would like to do a one-time donation, you can do that through Venmo, um, Hometown Horrors, and there's merch available if you would like to buy something. I haven't come up with a contest yet. I'm going to try to drop that in the next episode, um, contest for December. It will be something holiday and cozy related with some merch thrown in there, so I'll let you all know that in the next episode. I haven't had a chance to, to come up with that yet. Any contributions that you make, whether you buy merch or you make a donation, all that money goes into the podcast and the blog. It goes for supplies, um, toward bills that help, you know, internet and phone, all that stuff, um, newspaper, online subscriptions, buying ink, and supplies like that. Um, I also make donations to um, charities and I make donations to families if they have like a GoFundMe or something like that. So I use that money for that also. So if you, you want to contribute, that'd be great. If not, that's great too. If you would share the podcast and blog, um, share the information that I have available have uh, please share the information that's on my social media most of it most of my content probably 98% of my content is all related to the cases um, and then daily missing cases that pop up around my area um, wanted cases that just you know pop up in my alerts and things like that I'll share sometimes I'll throw in some coffee posts because I'm a coffee addict some pictures of my dog because he's adorable and you know everybody needs a break and who doesn't like to look at a cute puppy so I think all that is out of the way and today we are going to talk about the unsolved case of Durante Martin I'm going to go ahead and tell you there is a trigger warning on this episode Um, this episode speaks of racism, death, it also, there's a mention of a suspected suicide, so please be advised if any of those trigger you, 
you know, step away, do what is best for you. I, I don't want anybody triggered by anything. Um, so just be advised that those things do come up. So let's get started. Durante Martin was 19 years old, working toward his goal of playing college football after receiving a scholarship. Durante was described as loyal, kind, and a good kid. Durante's high school coaches and the local police in his town spoke very highly of him. Durante was taking classes to bring up his SAT scores so he could attend college in the fall where he received his scholarship. He just needed to bring up those, those test scores. While taking classes, Durante was also holding down a job. On Facebook, there'll be pictures that you can take a look at and sources, um, links and things like that. On April the 23rd, 2021, Durante left his home in St. Louis, Missouri with three males. After a planned visit with a friend, Durante had plans to be dropped off at his grandmother's house. One of the men Durante was with that night was a young man named Adam Rulo. Rulo is 19 years old and Rulo has a violent past. In 2019, he pleaded guilty to fourth degree assault and was given a suspended sentence of two years of unsupervised probation. He was charged again in early April 2021 with first degree assault and armed criminal action. He reportedly shot a man in February. That's why he was arrested in April. The bullet hit his victim in the stomach area and lodged near his spine. Doctors were unable to remove the bullet due to its location. I'm assuming he had been in trouble before and he was out on unsupervised probation when he decided that he was going to shoot someone. So Durante left his house on Friday night. And his family started to get worried when they had not heard from him by Saturday. This was unusual for Durante. He always checked in. He stayed in touch. And he knew his mom was going to be sending him some money. So they were waiting for his call. Um, Later that day, someone made a call to a relative of Durante's and told him that Durante had been killed. Durante's grandmother was then contacted, and she called St. Francis Dispatch. They transferred her to Madison County Sheriff's Office, and then they gave Durante's grandmother, Kimberly, the phone number to Follis Funeral Home. There was no death notification. Nobody tried to notify the family or anything like that. His grandmother, after receiving this call, a family member receiving this call from somebody, his grandmother had to track down what was going on. The police never tried to contact Dronte's family. The attendant at Follis Funeral Home told Dronte's grandmother, Kimberly, that they tried to identify Dronte through fingerprints, but they said that he didn't have any on file. He had never been in trouble. However, 
Dronte's family had submitted his fingerprints using one of those child ID kits years earlier. You know, you pick them up from like the police department or an event that they have out in the community. You do their fingerprints and then you turn it back in or the police, you know, at the event, they do their fingerprints and they keep it on file. Well, his family had done that and submitted it and it should have been in the system. The attendant at the funeral home then went on to tell Kimberly, his grandmother, that they identified Durante by taking a picture of him and then submitting it to the DMV. This is not a normal process of identification. That should have been a red flag. And it was a red flag to his grandmother. This is not how things are done. The steps used by most agencies are as follows. Fingerprints, dental, DNA. Again, I have never heard of anyone taking a picture of a victim and sending it to the DMV for identification. It's just not done. When the family asked to come and confirm Durante's identity, the funeral home told them that they could not come by because it was a Sunday and they were closed. When asked if they could come the next day, they were told no again, and the excuse this time was because of COVID. Then the excuse for the funeral home not allowing identification, confirmation, or release of the body was because they needed to do an autopsy. The family told Fola's funeral home, do not do the autopsy. They're sending another funeral home to pick up Durante. Fola's funeral home finally released Durante's body on April the 29th to another funeral home. So what happened to Durante? The details of the night that Durante was killed are not clear. What we have to go on are pieces of information um, the family has been able to piece together, small amounts of information from an inquest, and hearsay. You know, I don't normally do rumors and hearsay, but in this case, there's so much social media and so many people talking and so much that you can see in print that I'm I'm putting it all together um, because there isn't a lot to go on. When the three men picked up Durante, they took him to Fredericktown, which is in Madison County. And that is a rural town about 27 miles away. This town is about 92% white. They took Durante to either a prom party or a birthday party. We're still not clear on which one it is. People go back and forth saying it's one, the other, both. So we're, we're not 100% sure on that one. This party was at the home of a known racist. Durante was the only black person there. The owner of the home was James Wade. Wade decorates his property with Confederate flags. And he loves to post on Facebook racist memes and about guns and white supremacy. He even does some television interviews with the Confederate flags hanging in the background. He's very proud of that. 
A 911 call made by James Wade states that someone shot themselves in the attic. Wade asked for police and an ambulance, saying, quote, apparently a guy shot himself, end quote. After Wade says this, you hear a girl's voice, she sounds pretty young, like a teenager, say, quote, I hate this, end quote. You hear another female voice, I don't know if it's the same girl, this 911 tape is very staticky, it's very hard to hear, um, and you hear another female voice say, quote, oh my god, they shot him, end quote. The first question asked by the dispatcher is if Durante was beyond help. Wade's response was he wasn't breathing. Wade went on to say he couldn't see him. Wade then says what sounds like, quote, Zach, is he breathing, end quote. Wade then comes back on the line and states that Durante is gasping for air. Wade never answers the dispatcher when he asks if he wants him to administer CPR. After a few more questions, James Wade hangs up. The area where Durante was found was described as a closet space attic. The description sounds like, and when I seen a picture, this is exactly what it is. It's a very small closed off area there's no lights. It's very tiny. Um, you would have to, I don't know if there's steps going up to it, if you'd have to have a ladder. Like my attic is in my garage and you have to have a ladder to get up there and crawl. And it's very tiny and you have to crawl on your knees around. It, it's a storage space. It's not meant for anybody to be in it. So this, this is very small, dirty dark. Um, Wade mentioned in that 911 call that he could not see. So that shows that there was no electricity up there. Um, when you go to the blog post, you can see the picture of this. Why would a happy, content young man with a promising future go to a party he was not invited to? At a known racist house, it's no no secret, James Wade was a racist. I mean, it's very public. Why would he go in a dark attic and supposedly shoot himself? When the police arrived on the scene, the scene had already been cleaned up and it was posted on Snapchat. I don't know a lot about Snapchat. I just know that they're temporary and then they go away, go away really fast. So I haven't seen those pictures. I, I'm sure somebody saved them somewhere, but I've not seen them. One of the police officers removed the gun and took it to his car. Madison County Police did not fingerprint the gun. They stated gun residue was found on Durante's left hand, but Durante was right-handed. Also, Durante had recently had surgery. His right hand was in a full cast. The pathologist ruled Durante's death a suicide. The, there's no 
no no indication as to why this should have been a suicide. Alone. Durante being right-handed. Right-handed, a full cast. No, never should have been. This party was hosted for, was for or hosted by James Wade's daughter. Wade stated he had been fishing and about 30 minutes after he returned home, while he was on the main level of the house with other people, they all heard a shot and people scattered. While doing interviews, James Wade, standing in front of his Confederate flags, swears that he did not kill Durante. He also says that he tried to help him, but no one believes him and he should get credit for helping Durante. Okay. Anyone who listens to that 911 recording knows he did not try to help Durante at all. Wade did the absolute minimum and called 911. During an interview with KSDK, Wade said, Wade said people were trying to make him out to be a racist serial killer. Several things have been said about Wade, and Wade has made so many remarks on social media. This guy, he's such a piece of trash. Normally, I would not report hearsay, rumors, stuff on social media, and I wouldn't call people names, um, but he's terrible. Um, I try to verify everything, facts, but like I said earlier, in this case, there are so many questions, and so much has played out through social media, including the Madison County Police Department, the actual police department, posting that Durante died by suicide on their public Facebook page before anything was verified. So I feel like I need to include everything. You ha- you need to see this entire story. You need to know everything. It's all so important. There have been claims on the Madison County Police Department's Facebook page about James Wade having a history of hosting parties with underage drinking and drugs. It is also rumored that Wade deals drugs. For legal purposes, these are rumors. They are not facts. This is hearsay. No one has been charged with any of this. So, there's the disclaimer. It has been mentioned that another young man died of an apparent suicide on Wade's property. I couldn't find a whole lot about this. Um, it said that the young man was the stepdad of one of Wade's grandchildren, and he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But I couldn't find any, you know, reports or, or anything like that. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure on the details of that. James Wade has a history of expressing racist behavior. He, again, conducts interviews in front of his Confederate flag. His Facebook post consists of reposts of white supremacist-themed content. He defends this by saying, he defends this, you know, 
by saying that he does not make the content. He just reposts it. You know, they all say that. That's not their ideas. They just repost it. After Durante was murdered, Wade made a post with a meme of a white man holding a gun saying, quote, all lives matter until you threaten my family, end quote. Wade really wants us to believe he isn't a racist jerk and that he helped Durante. He didn't. He did pass a polygraph test. Um, if you've listened to me, you know that my opinion on those, they're unreliable and they're inadmissible in court. So I don't think they should matter. And if he throws parties, like it's rumored for underage kids and he deals drugs and he's such a racist, I don't think lying is going to be a, a very far-fetched for him. Wade's daughter has made social media posts stating that there was not a party, no alcohol, and in the same post said Durante wasn't invited to the party and wasn't even supposed to be there. So, which was it? Was there not a party or was he not supposed to be there? They need to get on the same page with their excuses. Okay, um, autopsy. Dr. Russell Dieter ruled Durante's death a suicide, despite evidence that pointed to homicide. Methamphetamine uh, meth was found in Durante's system during his autopsy. Okay, Durante has never been known to use drugs. The amount of meth found in his system was said to be such a large amount that it had would that it would have caused confusion, psychosis, and death. It was, y'all, it was a huge, huge amount. It would have taken down several, the amount that was in his system would have taken down several people. Durante was an athlete. He, we had a, he had a scholarship to play football with no known history of drug use. The amount of meth in his system would have made it impossible for him to have the coordination to hold and pull the trigger on a gun. He, he, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't have known at all what was going on. So, Durante's family hired Dr. Jane Turner, a forensic pathologist. She reported a gunshot entrance wound to the left temple. There was no soot or stifling present. I'm sure you all have heard that if you follow true crime. What that means is the barrel of the gun was not pressed against his skin. There was no little red marks. There was nothing to indicate during a suicide when you press the, the gun against your skin. There was nothing there. The entrance wound was a distant gunshot wound from two to three feet away. There is no corresponding gunshot exit. Two to three feet away is what she found. On July 30th, 2021, a jury was called to question the findings in Durante's case. Three Missouri Highway Patrol officers testified they believe Durante died by suicide. A young man, Zachary Graham, goes by Zach, 
He was part of the group that picked up Durante. He testified he saw Durante in the attic holding a gun to his own head. Pictures taken outside of the courthouse show Zach visibly upset and James Wade comforting him. Other people at the party testified that Durante was acting paranoid. Well, considering the amount of meth they found in his system, he would have been acting paranoid and extremely confused, and he would have not known. There was so much in his system. A man named Philip Lawler testified that James Wade told him weeks after the shooting that he killed Durante. James Wade said he did not say that, of course. Instead, he told Lawler, he probably, I'm sorry, he, quote, probably would have got less heat, end quote, if he had actually killed Durante. The jury took about two hours to rule that Durante's death was the result of violence, not a suicide. Okay, these are possible suspects. At this time, no one has been charged. Adam Rulo, who I mentioned above, has a history of violence, assault. He was one of the people who picked up Durante that night. It is said that Rulo believed Durante snitched on him about that February 2021 shooting that he was being charged with. James Wade. All your reasons that you have heard about Wade. Go to YouTube. Look up this 911 call. The tone of Wayne of Wade's voice on that call. He is so unconcerned and unbothered. He shows no, he, he has no compassion in his voice or desire to help Durante. There is a theory that Durante's murder was premeditated. The people who picked him up that night intended to take him to James Wade's house to kill him. The motive could have been the belief that Durante snitched on Rulo or something that we don't even know about. But their intention was to pretty much kidnap him, take him, and get rid of him. According to the Missouri Highway Patrol Troop E, Durante's case is still an open case, and they cannot answer questions about it. They have also said that they have exhausted all options. Durante's family is still fighting for justice for a wonderful, kind special young man who has a bright, who had a bright future ahead of him. A demonstration in May over Durante's death drew about 100 protesters to Fredericktown. During this demonstration, someone in a car threw two nooses at the protesters. Durante's family has a long, hard battle against racism and corruption. Please, please help them fight for justice for Durante by sharing his story. Share it all over social media. Tell your friends. Please get word out there. His killers need to answer for what they have done. 
I want to say a special thank you to Durante's grandmother for speaking with me and sharing her amazing grandson with me. I hope this helps. I hope it helps get justice for Durante, and I am thinking of you and your family. So please, everybody, please share his story. You can go on social media and share it. To look at pictures and sources, go to the link in the show notes. Take care, everyone.